You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode two of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And I'm Berto. As you can see, me and Gavin are cuddling next to each other here, and that's because we're having a, we had some technical difficulties prior to this, and we promised to have this fixed behind before the next episode. Yeah. But um, actually, since we have Gavin is new to this particular podcast mm-hmm. and and YouTube channel, Gavin, why don't you just talk a little bit about who you are, what you do? Oh, sure. All right. So I'm Gavin Schmidt. I'm with Eric on a few other podcasts that he does. Eric's got so many podcasts going, but primarily we work on Milwaukee Mafia um, because I've written books on organized crime in Milwaukee. So we talk about that on the podcast. I'm now here because we recently had a four-part series with Berto talking about just a tiny bit of his experiences. So uh, he needed his own show, so <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so we are going to try and have Gavin on as much as possible, but Gavin does have other responsibilities and things, so yeah. so he may miss an episode here and there. But I'll be I'll be here when I can. So, Berto, why don't you kick it off and just talk about what today's subject is going to be about? <clears throat> All right, sure. So uh, I think today uh, it's important we kind of talk about. Um, you know, with regards to the gang life, how a lot of time you run into situations where you end up having family members or friends that actually end up being in rival gangs. A lot of times it's a slippery slope. I mean, because there's there's so many things that go into, you know, how you can really approach that kind of situation. Um, coming from somebody who um, never really had an actual family member as a rival gang member. But having friends who became rival gang members, I can sort of speak to that. Um, I do know situations where uh, there was actually, you know, a Latin king I know personally who um, he had a brother who was a rival gang member. So um, I'll get into that in a second. But I think I think it's just important to kind of uh, shed some light on how there's rules in the manifesto that say basically you can never touch, you know, or harm a Latin king's family. And that's a law. Right. So if you do that, I mean, you're talking about, you know, death, violation, whatever it is. And uh, so the slippery slope comes into play when you want to talk about, OK, well, what if the family member is somebody that's trying to kill kings? Right. I mean, so so those are those are kind of where, you know, law, lines have to be drawn and you have to make a decision. Uh, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes you end up in a situation where a, a king's family member might be in a rival gang but they're not actively gang banging. Right. So we had a saying, right. Um, when, when I was growing up and we used to always say there's a difference between hat breaking and money making. Right. So the metaphor, so to speak, is that, you know, there's a lot of guys who break their hat to the right. Now, naturally that's opposition to Latin Kings. Right. But we would run into a bunch of situations where we would gang bang on these guys and they say, listen, I'm just about making money. I don't care about gang banging. I don't rep no gang. So we used to tell them there's a difference between hat breaking and money making. So either straighten your hat out or we're going to have an issue. So I say that to say this, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there, there used to be, there's a lot of guys that who might have a brother or a cousin who they might break their hat to the right, but they're not necessarily gang banging and trying to kill Kings or even trying to be 
a part of any, you know, any, any type of organized crime. It's just, you know, they might sell drugs and they break their hats to the right. Maybe they do business with, with GDs or whatever it is, but they're not actually active gang members. So that's a situation where, you know, I don't want to say you look the other way, but it's not like they're targets. The, the part I'm talking about where it becomes challenging. Uh, we actually had a guy, we had a guy from 19th street. His name was Gordy. And, um, his older brother actually used to be a future, uh, for wild Walker, uh, the chapter I used to be a part of. And, you know, <clears throat> for whatever reason, um, uh, they ended up not seeing eye to eye and a few things and he walked away and eventually it pushed him and he ended up being a two one, which is from 21st and Scott. And I explained in the, I think in the, in the uh, four part podcast that the two ones were actually used to be a subchapter of the Latin Kings uh, a long time ago. Um, so anyways, so he ends up being a two one. Gordy was in a tough spot. You know, obviously that's his blood brother. They grew up together and two ones and Latin Kings have been pretty consistent rivals. You know, it's not like it's not like Latin Kings and like maybe like GDs from the north side. Right. Like you, we don't really care about them as much. We're rivals, but it's not like. You know, like I said, they are all about selling dope and it, it was never really an issue. But two ones. Now, these are guys that shoot at Kings. They kill Kings. You know, they've killed Kings and, and vice versa. Kings have killed two ones. So it's it's a, it's a, it was a pretty fine line that Gordy had to walk. I think throughout time, as Gordy started to be more involved and he ended up being from 19th Street, he kind of just distanced himself from his household because then. You don't have to see it as much, right? You don't have to feel that pressure as much. And I think even further along, I think the Kings and, and, and some of my guys that I was really close with kind of relaxed on the idea that, that Chewy was even a two one. That was what they called him, Chewy. And, and some of the guys were kind of like, all right, maybe he's a two one, but he's not like out here gangbanging. I haven't heard of him and him shooting any Kings and, but he's still a two one. So, you know, fast forward, <clears throat> there was a time where, some of the Kings went to Gordy's house and Chewy just happened to be there. Chewy and Gordy end up getting into an argument, right? And it's, it's not even about gang stuff. It's just family stuff. So they both pull guns out on each other and, and, you know, they're pointing guns at each other and there was some kind of a scuffle and Chewy's gun went off and it shot like one of my best friends. It shot Toot in the shoulder. Um, Toots a guy in my, he's, he's a guy in my, he'll be in almost every one of my stories, man. I know this guy since middle school. Yeah. Good friend of mine. Like I still, you know, I still, I still talk to him. He's basically family. So he shot Toot in the shoulder. Right. And, and now, you know, obviously crisis mode, panic, everybody, you know, we're, they don't know what to do. You know, Chewy takes off running. And so now, you know, after the fact, you got to kind of evaluate what to do right now. The first instinct is, listen, we want to kill this guy, right? There's no doubt about it. We want to kill this guy. We want to get it over and done with. And there had to be a conversation because Gordy was a king and, and he was basically, obviously he's against getting his brother killed. You know, he had the right to speak up on that. And, and, uh, in that situation, you know, the letter of the law, so to speak, in the manifesto, it, it saved him. You know, he, he, he swore up and down. It was an accident. And, you know, the way I described it, it kind of seemed like an accident. You know, I don't feel like there was ill intent, but you know, at the same time, you always wonder like, man, this even like your own brother, you got mm -hmm. your gun and your own brother, you know? So, you know, your brother's a King, you know, and, and you got your finger on a trigger. It's not like you just got your gun out. Right. So, 
I mean, that's an instance where, you know, it gets really, really technical. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of situations, maybe even in other gangs where, you know, they have family members that were kings and, and they got to decide, you know. And, um, you know, I knew another I, matter of fact, I knew I knew another guy, um, close friend. Um, his name was Teddy Bear. He was from 23rd Street and uh, his brother was an L.F. And and LFs and in Latin Kings for a while were like a really, really strong war. And uh, especially with this guy, his name was LF Ricardo. I think in one of my 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 recent recordings to you, Gavin, I actually brought up a story where Mondi actually shot Ricardo and and he shot him pretty substantially. Right. So that just goes to show like now, you know, to be fair, Teddy Bear was kind of like, listen, as long as it's not by my grandma's house, I'm not going to save him. If he wants to be out here gangbanging against the Kings, that's his choice. But just don't bring it to my grandma's house, you know, because that's where Ricardo lived. So, I mean, those are instances where, you know, it's two entirely different things, you know, but but, you know, two entirely different opinions by Kings and how they approach it. But, you know, and in one case, you know, the, the rival got shot and in one case, the king got shot. Right. So. I mean, those are those are instances where it happens, man, and decisions have to be made. And 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 I think it carries over a little bit as well, Eric, the discussion we had last week about just hypocrisy in gangs. Right. And um, and and, you know, everybody is they want to kill snitches and they want to kill cooperators yeah. until it's their brother <laughs> or until it's their, their until it's their, you know, until it's their cousin, until it's somebody that they grew up with and loved their whole life. Right now it's well, you know, he didn't really. You know, mm-hmm. who did he really tell on? Right. So it's it, that's why I said there's there's hypocrisy and there's there's a slippery slope, man, when it comes to how gang members react. But ultimately, it just goes to show another part of the phoniness of the lifestyle, you know, and, and I think that's important for kids to see, too. Right. Like these decisions, they're not made lightly, but at the same time, it's a hypocrisy in itself. Right. I mean, it's a, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, you can do this, but. And unless this happens, right? Like you're supposed to live by this oath and this code and this, you know, have all this honor. But at the same time, you know, one situation or one person can change that. Totally. So this is interesting. And I, and I guess my first question, first of all, because the first story and ter- terrible with names, I should put that out there right now that I never remember names from stories, but I think you said it was Gordy. Okay. Right? <laughs> and his brother. Gordy. Gordy. Yeah. In a different yeah. gang. Chewy. And his brother Chewy. <laughs> yeah, his brother Chewy was a two one. Um, so how does that end yeah. up happening? Because this is gonna show my lack of knowledge of gangs, but was always my understanding gangs were a very territorial thing. Like you have to be in the territory to be in the gang. Is that not really a thing? Or are there like everything? It, I mean it used to be to the rule. <laughs> no, I mean it used to be territorial, right? And um and that's obviously like neighborhood started that way because everybody's from a neighborhood. But as 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 gangs evolve and 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 times evolve and and police catch up with the times and police catch up with the evolution of gangs, you can't just recruit from your neighborhood no more. You know, and sometimes in our cases, I remember it, it got to a point where we couldn't even be in our neighborhood no more, you know, because one, we didn't have nobody to live there no more. So, you know, we'd show up 15, 17 guys in the neighborhood. Nobody lives there. I mean, somebody's <laughs> yeah. going to call the cops, right? So, so that's kind of, that's kind of the evolution of, 
yeah, you know, typically you would want to be from the neighborhood, but it, it doesn't necessarily need to be that. And some gangs don't even have neighborhoods. I mean, maybe, I don't know about now, but I know in my era, like some of the gangs, you know, two ones were the exception to the rule. They were from 21st and Scott. Predominantly, they always usually had people over there. It, it was a big, you know, a geographical area for them to cover. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, even Spanish Cobras, like they didn't have a so-called of designated area to be, you know, uh, you know, and then there was, there was, um, there was gangs that, 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 you know, immigrated, so to speak from Chicago that came up and they were nomads. It wasn't like they had some home to come to and they just kind of propped up in a place and yeah, they would call it the neighborhood for a little while, but then it, it turned into maybe they don't live there no more. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily about territory or neighborhoods. It's just about basically what you claim, man. And I, I would assume that, um, in the, with these stories, did was there a great divide within the gang about this? Because obviously, Gordy doesn't want his brother to get killed. But I'm sure that there is plenty of members of the Kings that were like, no, this guy needs to be taken care of. He did something that is unacceptable and we need to retaliate against yeah. that. Or... Yeah, I was one of them. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like, I, you know, when it came to flakes and gang banging, like I was gung ho for a period in my life. Right. And, and there was no, there was no half stepping about it. Right. Like this, it's just, you're all the way in, you're all the way out. And that's the way I looked at it. And, you know, I used to, you know, you come up, we come up with all these cliches, you know, if you ain't a king, you ain't a goddamn thing. Right. Like there's so many, there's so many different things that we used to tell each other. And, and we try to live by that each and every day. And anybody that kind of strayed from that, you know, you started to question their loyalty and, and what they really believed in. In my eyes, it was like, yeah, not only was he a 2-1 now, but he used to be with the Kings, right? So it's like the ultimate betrayal, you know? And and he, he don't care about my life. Like, yeah, that might be your brother, but he don't care about my life. So, you know, why should I, why should I, you know, submit, so to speak, to your, your pleas? You know, un unfortunately, I didn't have the manifesto on my side. So, Unfortunately, now, obviously, right? Like, you know, it's different the way I think now. But back then, you know, I wanted the the ultimate to be done to him, you know. But I mean, that's just the way it goes. There's a lot of people that were of the same mindset as me, and especially too. You know, I mean, I imagine how he felt. You know, he took a bullet from, and this is a dude who's never been shot, right? And 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 let me tell you, man, like. If anything, I can tell you about shoot uh, of two is he's one of, he was one of the main shooters. You know, he was one of the guys in the street all the time. So for him to avoid constantly being shot at and constantly being targeted, knowing that he was a face of 19th Street and then ultimately get shot on a fluke, so to speak, from a 2-1, right? Like nobody wants that to be, nobody wants to be recognized as that. Like, I, you know, like I said, I think I even said it in, in, in the first episode of my podcast when i got shot you know people they tend to wear that as a badge of honor for some reason oh i got shot and, and they propped themselves up for me i was i was embarrassed i was embarrassed that i was a i was a target you know that i was a lame duck so to speak and and that's that's me and two we have the same mindset you know i'm sure he was frustrated you know and and almost embarrassed that 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 even happened to him so yeah i got i got some all right take her away <laughs> all right well you you were what you asked first was kind of close to what I was going to ask. You asked about the territory. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of curious just why why somebody would join a rival gang in the first place. Now you you, you set up a great example with specifically why um, it happened, where he left the Kings and went to the two ones. But 
in right. general, like if your group of friends is in one group, why would you go to another group? Like what? I don't know. You don't even know if you can answer that, but what's the decision process? In right. That? Well, no, I mean, there's a, there's a long and short answer, right? I mean, I think um, the arrogant answer and the, 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 my short answer would be that they couldn't make it. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't live up to the bar that was set uh, to be from, from to be a Latin King and especially to be from 19th street. Right. Cause I feel like there was a bar that, that was set for being a Latin King and there was an even higher bar that was set for being from 19th street. So that's the thing. And, and, and we were, you want to talk about hazing, right? I mean, like we were tough on our guys coming in. Like you had to be put through a lot, you know, mentally, physically, and then you had to show that you had resilience and be around every single day in order for us to accept you in. And if you did, then then that that proved your strength. But a lot of guys that didn't, you know, they would go somewhere else. And now it's like they're cream of the crop because they've been through some of the worst hazing you could possibly get. And, um, you know, we've had situations where guys might drop from trying to be 19th Street and then go and be a part of another chapter. Right. Similar to how, you I mean, obviously I felt like I made a step up, but similar like to how what I did from Wild Walker to, to one nine. But the ultimate is when you go from Latin King in general to another gang. Right. So to me, that was the, that was, that's the arrogant answer, right? It's the short answer is that they couldn't make it. Right. But then there's, you know, there's, everything is circumstantial. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's instances just where it could be, it could be a number of different things, man. It could be, um, people getting in different gangs for different reasons, in my opinion. You know, I think that depending on the kind of person you are is going to depend on the kind of gang you want to be in. I don't know about now, but back then. Right. I mean, and and if you got a mean streak in you and you got a sense of like strong morals that that carry over into into your lifestyle and into the gang, you're going to be into a more, you know, a more violent gang, a more serious gang. Right. But I mean, if you're just about like, you know, chasing girls and you want to make money and the gang isn't really all that important to you, then you're going to be more along the lines of guys that aren't in the street like that, you know, or, or you're going to be involved in a gang that's only focused on numbers. You know, they just want a bunch of guys, whether you got hard or you don't, you know, they just want to be able to say, yeah, we're 50 deep, you know, but you know, as soon as somebody, something happens, they're gone. You know, I mean, I think that's kind of how it goes. And my other question isn't, it's not really about friends and family. Um, it's just more of a general question. How do you keep track of what other gangs are on your side and which ones are rivals? If there's at least, I don't even know, but at least a dozen other gangs. Right. So the way, the way that we did it, we didn't have no allies. Right? We didn't have to worry about none. No, but you know, I think it's, it's funny though. I mean, I, I had a conversation with Eric, um, off camera last week about a story the last one of the last stories that I actually I actually told in the recording to you you know there was a situation where the unknown kings right they're unknowns they used to be Latin kings and they were branched off of you know they basically branched branched off into their own after all the kings got indicted and everybody was spooked and they said okay we're gonna make a chapter of kings but we don't want them to be called kings because you know everybody's getting indicted so we'll just call them unknowns and then once, you know, the authority started coming back and the structure started coming back, they told them, hey, listen, we got to make a decision. You either come and be kings now or you just stay unknowns. And they ended up staying unknown. Now, naturally, there's animosity when things like that happen. Right. I mean, they say they're still 
you know, they're still down with the crown and they ride with us. But there's there's animosity naturally. Right. Because, OK, you're choosing that over us. I'm a hypocrite myself. Right. Because I always used to claim one nine and the supremacy of one nine. But they're supposed to be being a king is above everything. You know, that's that's how it's supposed to be, whether you're one nine. Two. So that's how we kind of we threw it at them as being a king is above everything. Why would you want to be an unknown still? You know, initially, you know, it wasn't an immediate situation where we're at war and we didn't like them. Um, it just kind of progressed into that because they tolerated things that we didn't. And maybe it was because they were older. You know, they started, you know, having alliances with guys who we were at war with. You know, they ended up hanging and clicking with the LFs. And once that happened and I actually I literally accidentally shot an unknown. I didn't even know he was out there. Right. And once that happened, like that made it all out war. Like e even though they didn't proclaim war on us, like to me, if I shot you, like, oh, I don't expect you to forgive me. Right. So it's like, you know, now we're at war. And, and so, you know, that's an instance where they might have been an ally. You know, we could have hung out with them. Um, you know, and there was other groups like the LPs. The LPs uh, was a smaller, really, really smaller gang on the South Side. It was always like a hot and cold relationship with them. It kind of depended who was in their leadership because they wanted to be strong as a unit, but just naturally they weren't. And, and they actually, uh, they lost our respect, man. They, um, we, we, uh, we ended up going to war with a group called the SGDs on 15th and, uh, and Mitchell. And the LPs were actually from, uh, 15th and Lapham. So they were like right across the street from each other. And, uh, it, it was funny though, because they used to think that, the LPs were kind of helping us. So when we would shoot at the SGDs, they would think it's the LPs and then we'd shoot at the LPs and they think it was the SGDs. But anyways, so, so the reason why we kind of lost respect for the LPs is because they actually went on TV and had a peace treaty with these guys. You know, they stood in a circle and, you know, to me, we said, Oh, they were holding hands and in the circle and you know what I mean? So it, it, they lost respect from us and that, that, that ended that it wasn't even an alliance, but it ended that, that understanding of, Oh, we'll leave you alone. Just keep our name out your mouth kind of thing. And then that ended. That's kind of how even 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 what we call neutrons, right, which is people that aren't in gangs, but they're in the street life. You know, we pressed them. You know, we 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 just we didn't we didn't believe in in showing weakness, man. And and we just felt like if you weren't strong enough to represent being around us. Right. You want to hang around us, but you're not strong enough to represent the way we are. We just didn't need you. You know, we didn't need you around. And, and a lot of times, you know, we'd haze them and, and, you know, every now and then they'd push back and that'd be their worst mistake, you know, but, but that's, that's kind of why and how we never really had alliances. We never really had to keep track of people who were on our side and who weren't, you know, obviously like the history of the gang, right? We have what they call our, our first cousins are, are the black pea stones, right? And, and don't ask me why, but, but, um, they're our first cousins. They run under their five. So, you know, P-Stones genuinely are always like drug dealers. They're not gangbangers. But if they did gangbang, they gangbang hard and they gangbang with us. So we never really had an issue with them. Now, in Chicago, that's different. In Chicago, they actually, they had a problem with some of the P-Stones. And it stems from some of the same reasons that I'm talking about right now. You know, it's just who's going to puff the chest up more and then who's going to sit down and take it and who's not. And uh, same thing with vice lords. We were actually okay with vice lords in Milwaukee. You know, we they had a chapter on Third and Keith. We were cool with some of them guys out there. And but in Chicago, they're not. So it's it's a little bit of like 
it's a little bit of give and take, man, and just kind of knowing who really is going to be a threat and who really is like not even around to worry about. The vice lords were on the north side, so it wasn't like we had any reason to be at war with them. And the peace zones were so few and far between in Milwaukee, you kind of really didn't care when you ran into two or three of them. Thank you. I, say, I know that's off topic from the, the friends and family thing, but but as I've been trying to like read up on, on all this stuff, like there seems to be uh, an accepted, these groups are together, these groups are together, these groups are together. And, you know, there's like the maniac groups, right. the insane groups, there's all this and that. And um, and what you're telling right. me is it's not as simple as right. that. Yeah. Right. Well, for the Kings, it wasn't right. I mean, for other gangs and and listen, like I said, in the future, you know, I welcome I welcome anybody to leave comments or come on, man, and and kind of represent, uh, you know, their change and, and how they've grown from their gang life. And, and I'm sure they can they can shed more light on how it works as far as mm. I can only tell you what I think it was, you know, or what I thought it was when it comes to other gangs. But you're right. I mean, there's maniac Latin disciples. You got uh, uh, Spanish, you, you know, you got Spanish gangster disciples. You got, um, you know, just a bunch of different subsets of mm -hmm. things that all sound the same to me, you know. And, and I mean, we warred with them all. Right. So, you know, and same thing with Cobras, like insane Cobras. You got. I think it's like Wild Wild Cobras, which is from Chicago. Um, so there's just a bunch of different subchapters. And maybe it's the same thing as like how the Latin Kings are. I'm not sure, but I don't think they were as tight knit. You know, I don't think that they had like, you know, universal meetings where they came together. I think they just had a mutual understanding and respect for each other and they just stayed out of each other's way kind of thing. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's that's what I see, you know, because if they were really united, I mean, we would have probably had a lot more trouble than we did. You One know? of the things I'm curious about is... um with this friends and family connection, was this just inevitable that everybody had everybody in your gang had somebody that had a connection to another gang? Or was this a pretty isolated thing where like the two examples you had were two of the only examples you would you could come up with? I think I think it was it was sorta of isolated. Um I think more along the lines of friends, um, maybe that you grew up with. Um, that was more commonplace. Um, so, so I had speaking about the SGDs, right? So the SGDs, when they first came up from Chicago, right? They tried to, they basically tried to establish a hood on, on 15th and Mitchell. When they first got out there, you know, they were trying to really be out there. And for us, it was like a shock because we never seen like rivals hanging out somewhere. So for us, that was like, uh, you know, our, our mouth was watering, so to speak, right? Like we, we were we couldn't believe it. So, I mean, we, we were shooting these guys up two, three times a week. Right. I, I believe I went into a story before where I, uh, I actually, I actually, I was shooting at the guy two on fours. I had like three shells left, man. And we're, we're, we're getting away from the crime scene. <laughs> Got to save some for the run. Right. So, so we're getting away from the crime scene and, and, uh, we get to 15th and the guy snuff I'm with, I'm telling him, I'm like, don't go down 15. Like at some point, these dudes aren't just going to be standing out there without guns, right? They're going to be ready for you at some point, right? Like, I mean, you got to pick and choose your battles. And this is like something they're trying to establish as their hood. And he's like, I'm not going down the busy street, which is 16th street. And we're trying to get to 14th. Now, if you know the South side, well, you know that you can't go straight through on 14th because South division is right there. So you have to either go down 13th, which is a busy street, or you got to go down 15th, which is a side street or 16th, which is a busy street. Just so happens that 15th is their street. So we end up turning down their street. Now, literally, as soon as I seen the guy, he seen me and I got my hat to the left. Right. And he's got his hat all the way to the right. 
And as soon as he seen me, he like reached and jumped back in the car. And I knew right away he was going for a gun. Right. So I shot, you know, my last three bullets. I reached out the back when I shot my last three shots. At him. And literally, as soon as I got my last shot off, I mean, the whole night lit up, man. This I'm talking about. This is one of the loudest gunshots I've heard probably in my life. And I ended up finding out it was a 30 30. And, and he, the guy's shooting at me from the roof. Boom, boom, boom. And he hits the car, right? He hits the car. Uh, I mean, one, one shot would easily kill any one of us, man. I mean, it's, it's a 30 30 rifle. So, you know, snuffs losing control of the car. It actually went through one of the belts and popped one of the belts off. Um, we made it back safely, right? So I want to say maybe six to nine months later, I started living with my parents again, not all the time, but on and off. And I ended up finding out that a guy lived downstairs from my parents. His name was Edgar. I actually went to school with him and I went to elementary school with him and he was like a friend, man. Like he wasn't a close friend, you know, but he was a friend and he was, he was friends. He was more close with the friends that I had. Right. So he was like a friend that I didn't mind being around, but he was really close friends with, you know, he was best friends with the guy, Joe Galliotto, mm. um, that I mentioned to you, Gavin. And I'm talking about best friends. Right. And he almost lived with him, so to speak. So, you know, he was like in the friend group, you know, one of my good friends that I still talk to to this day, my guy, you know, Paulino, he, he was good friends with him. So, so these guys, you know, they were more tight with him than I was, but I didn't, I didn't never had an issue with him until I found out he was what they call an OA. Okay. So an OA is like I said, the Peace Stones are our first cousins, the Latin Kings. The OAs are the first cousins to Spanish Cobras. And, um, so anyways, they were like aligned with the SGDs. So long story short, I ended up finding out that the guy that was shooting at me from the roof oh, wow. was actually Edgar. Yeah. So he ended up, he ended up, he ended up kind of like, well, first he denounced them guys, right? Like once he, once he realized that that was my parents lived upstairs and he seen me, you know, his face kind of turned white. You know, he was kind of like, oh, you know, like he didn't know what to say. He was kind of like, listen, bro. He's like, I don't, I don't get here. I don't mess with them dudes no more. He's like, I don't care, man. He's like, I'm away killer, man. He's like, I've known you since I was a kid. And I kind of was like, first, there's a couple of things, right? So you don't, you don't, you don't want to ever bring problems to where your parents live, right? So it wasn't like I was going to try to gangbang on this guy, knowing my mom and my dad lived upstairs, you know, and vice versa, knowing that his parents lived there or he lived with his aunt, but with basically his parents, he was one of them guys that came from a broken home. And, you know, so he lived with his, his aunt. So we had some understanding and his older brother was like a, his older brother was like a GD, but one of those guys I was talking about wasn't like a gangbanger. He was just kind of like folks. Right. And then his other brother was actually an SGD, but this dude has been in and out of jail his whole life. He's, he's, he's in jail more than he's out of jail. We kind of got some understanding. And to be honest with you, he kind of started hanging out with us a little bit, you know, like the basement was kind of like our, you know, it was our hangout. A lot of the Kings used to be down there and he would come down there and, um, we actually bought a gun from him before and, 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 you know, so I don't want to say we rekindled our friendship because there was still a little bit of trust issues, man. You can never really go back, you know, when, when you muddy the waters like that. I mean, he did shoot at me and he admitted, and, you know, I'm sorry, you know what I mean? And he's like, but to be fair, you guys shot at me all the time. And he wasn't lying. Right. I mean, you know, one time I actually tried to get him killed. Um, he was, he was, uh, he was standing on the bus stop and I actually sent, you know, two of the younger brothers to go get him. And, and he was gone by the time they got there. So, I mean, listen, it was fair game, right? I mean, that's, that's, you know, in war, there are no rules, right? So we kind of grew past that, man. And, and we got to a point of some understanding and, you know, I, 
you know, I, like I said, I hung out with him and, and, you know, fast forward to a few years ago, man, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, he was still kind of gangbanging a little bit. I guess he came, went back to gangbanging because technically he told us he wasn't. And, uh, he got into a situation. I don't know exactly the details. There's, you know, a bunch of different stories you hear, you know, some of it. I, I, I thought I heard some of the story was that he was like, you know, kind of hazing some of the younger guys, hazing one of the younger guys that was coming around and the guy just got fed up and, and ended up killing him. And, uh, so he ended up dying, man. He ended up, he ended up getting shot and killed. And then not too long after that, the, the older brother, the oldest brother, the one I told you, he was just kind of, yeah, I didn't mind him being around too. It was kind of funny. The one that was kind of like folks, but he really wasn't uh, his older brother, Eddie. He ended up hanging himself. I mean, that was a story I heard from him. He was he was bad on drugs and he ended up hanging himself. So it's just it's just weird, man, how, you know, life kind of progresses like that, you know, and it and it just turns out that way. But, um, yeah, man, Edgar was he was uh, he was somebody I knew for a long time. And, you know, unfortunately, the street got him. I can't believe once again, I come back to the fact of like once you realized that you had been shooting it. That you had shot at somebody, somebody had shot at you. I'm just shocked that at no point in time was it made you question what you were doing at that point. I mean, do you remember ever having a, a moment of like, yeah, Maybe this isn't the right thing for? Me. I mean, you kind of you, you kind of got blinders on, man. You know, you you uh, you're so encompassed with everything that's around you, right? And 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 I think we talked about this. Like, you build these bonds with guys. You know, it, it's not like the the typical friendship that you have just meeting somebody and hanging out with somebody. And, and, and it's different, man, when you guys are like together every day, all day, you know, you're sharing clothes, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're poor together. You, you split everything together, you know, and then you're, you're, you're shooting at people together. You're getting shot at together. It kind of, it, it changes the dynamic of that relationship. And, and for whatever reason, man, you kind of, you you are blind to everything else that's around you and good or bad. And and I think that once you're that deep, man, if you're the kind of person that I was, right? I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but if you're the kind of person I was, it's hard to just remove yourself, man. It really takes a life-changing moment. It really takes an epiphany in your life and and separation and and being able to get some understanding. Um kind of imagine if the shoe was on the other foot, yeah. right? I mean, you think, okay, this guy has his own alliances and allegiances to whatever he is he believes in. If he's half as much devoted as I am to this lifestyle, he would kill me in a heartbeat or, you know, my worst fear, kill somebody that I love in a heartbeat, you know? So I think you, you get away from um, reality and you get away from the facts that you just stated, which he, he was, you know, he was, he was, like I said, he wasn't a bad guy. Like I've known, I knew him. And then even being around him, like he was, you know, he was funny. He was, you know, he's a jokester. So it's like, you know, you don't see those things. And, and I think this, this, I think just that in general goes back to, you know, it goes back to a conversation we had when I talked about kind of how people get painted into a corner based on one decision they made in their life or, you know, three months of their life, you know, you get, you get, and I'm sure I'm, 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 I'm in that category, right? I mean, everybody might have a preconceived notion about who I am and, and who I was. And, and, and a lot of people hate me without even really knowing me, you know, and, and I made bad decisions in my life. And obviously I regret a lot of decisions I made, but as a person, I feel like if people get to know me and they understand me, 
it'll change your perception. And, and so I think that it just, it, it just carries over, man, in so many aspects of life, uh, that, that you can't see when you're 13 or when you're 14 or when you're 15. And, 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 you know, I always harp back because I feel like if I could somehow get that message, right, to, to, to any kid out there that was listening to just kind of not to preach to them because I know, like I said, man, I hated to be preached to. I don't want to hear it. You know, ain't nobody going to convince me otherwise. But just give you some some things to look at within yourself. You know, you can analyze yourself, man, at 13, 14, 15, what the facts are. You might not be able to distinguish how to separate feelings and how to emotionally comprehend everything. But you can look at facts. You know, you can look at the things because if I would have had a chance to really look at facts, right, about the things that were going on around me, I would have seen this is a facade, man. This is a joke. Because there's so much phony stuff going on and I was included in it, right? Like I'm not speaking like I'm the realest guy that ever walked the earth. No, I was included in it and I, and I took part in it. So just from that standpoint, man, I think that that message to people and that message to kids and to anybody just wanting to enter gang life, not just being a Latin king, but to be in a part of any type of organized crime or any type of gang life or anything that crosses the line, man, because once you cross that line, to where you have to make a decision about yourself or somebody else, a lot of times people are going to choose themselves. And that's just being honest, man, because life and death, prison or not prison, like those are things you do by yourself, mm -hmm. man. Nobody comes with you. You talked about a lot about like one gang, one person being in a gang and then the other, maybe a brother or whatever, being in another gang. What about like something along the lines of, Okay, so my brother, let's just say I'm a Latin king. My brother right. is not in a gang, but he likes to All hang right. out with somebody. Let's just say that my brother runs with like people <laughs> from La Familia. Do you have some instances of that where okay. a story of maybe somebody, they realize they're shooting at their brother just because their brother happens to be hanging with a friend or something? Or can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Well, I, I don't know if you, uh, like, I don't know if you would know directly unless you like seen his face. Right. But to his credit at the time, Gordy wasn't opposed to shooting at two ones. You know, it wasn't like he was like, yo, we should leave the two ones alone. Like, it, you know, if there was a situation, I mean, and there was a situation where, you know, they went through two one hood and they seen a group of guys and they shot at him. Chewie could have been in there at any time. Right. I mean, that was his hood. That were his guys. Um, so he never held back. Um, and, and, um, and like I said, even with Teddy Bear, man, um, Teddy Bear was kind of just like, listen, man, I don't really care if, 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 if Ricardo gets it, you know, on his own terms because he wants to be out here disrespecting the Kings, then that's what he's got coming. You know, mm -hmm. just don't do it by grandma's okay. house. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that, that's, that, you know, that's, that's kind of just, it's vague, right? But it's, um, it, it comes down to, Almost like what I just said, man, you're blindfolded. You you don't really, unless you see them specifically, you kind of ignore the fact that they might be there. I mean, at least, at least that's what I think they did, right? Because like I said, I didn't have nobody specifically who was in my family who was a rival gang member. So at least at least if they did, they, they didn't say it, right? I mean, they didn't let nobody know. But so, so, I mean, me personally, I couldn't speak to exactly the mindset, but I think I think that's fair to say. I think maybe that's a justification that they give themselves is 
he's probably not out there. You know what I mean? But these guys are flakes, you know? So, and, and, you know, that goes back to mindset too. You know, I, I hate to, to harp on that so much, man, but I feel like it's important because it's not fair to generalize every gang member as the same kind of person, good or bad. And, and I think that, uh, being fair, right. Being fair from the outside looking in, I was a bad person. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I was, you know, I'm this righteous person. And no, I was a bad person and, and I lived that lifestyle. Not everybody lived the way I did, you know, and not everybody thrived on violence or thrived on, on <clears throat> protecting each other and, and, and loyalty and, and all these things that, you know, you end up seeing aren't real, but not everybody thrived on that. You know, different people had different mindsets and sometimes they only did things so that they could try to simulate that they felt that way or that they lived that way, you know, and, and that comes out in the long run because it's not what you do for one night. It's what you do and sustain each and every day, man, that you wake up. That's what's going to show the kind of person that you are when it came to the gang life. Everybody that I think I was around at some point or another, you know, shot at somebody or, you know, held a gun or, you know, that's, that goes without saying, but that never impressed the majority of the guys, you know, it was about what were you were doing every single day, you know, and, and that was going to separate you. I guess real quick, I'll give you an example. My guy too, that we were talking about, you know, his older brother was, he, he is a Latin King and listen, I love the guy still to this day. There's no doubt about it, right? He might not feel the same about me because we went different paths, but, and so did his brother. His brother came on my path. So he might feel a certain way about us, but he was a guy who wasn't in the lifestyle every single day. You know, he kind of had a girlfriend that he was more focused on and he spent a lot of time with her. And, and, you know, obviously at the time it was like, ah, like, you know, like you ain't with the guys, like, what are you doing? And looking back, it was probably best for him. But my point of saying is that at some point he still caught a murder and he still went to prison, you know, because of one day. So it just goes to show like the perception of guys might not always be that he was a gunner and he was in the street, but mm -hmm. he did kill somebody, you know, or, but he did shoot somebody, you know? And I mean, listen, I can tell you each and every individual and how they were perceived, including myself. And, and that's not to prop myself up or to prop the guys that I was around. The numbers speak for themselves. You know, anybody that, anybody that has, you know, time to dispute what was real and what was phony. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, you could look at the indictment. You can look at, you know, just, just common sense, you know, but my, you know, I guess the, the moral of that point is that if, if I were you guys and I'd kind of try to differentiate how these gang members are always so different. Everybody seems to think that they're all the same. Were there people that you, you had in right. your gang that maybe they got in and then you you just start started hanging out with them and you're like, yeah, you're not going to get it. I mean, it wasn't common. It wasn't common, but, uh, I think Gavin's got an idea cause Gavin's been yeah. listening to my recordings, but, but, um, it, it, it was, it happens. It happens. It happens a lot. I guess, I guess I say it is kind of common. It happens, um, in waves because at first everything is like, it's almost like a new relationship, man. You know, like it's, you meet somebody 
and everything is all good at first and everybody's partying and throwing up crowns and, 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 you know, everybody's together and you might get into some fights together and it's like, oh man, like this is my guy. And then, and then little by little, you know, the things you're doing on a daily basis, they're not doing, you know, and you start to wonder like, is this guy really, you know, what he said he was and, 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 um, is this guy somebody that I should really have around me? And, and then, and then at, at some point, it's almost like it's too late, right? Because the toothpaste is out the tube already. You know, they, they peel back the curtain. They seen everything, right? So yeah, it happens a lot, man. And that's why the, the old saying is, 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 has never failed, man. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And, and, you know, that goes, you know, throughout history, man. And, and it held true with us. Um, so, um, that I think that's, that's, uh, You'll see that a lot, man, in, in my story, especially the way I felt about how guys changed. And, and, and listen, looking back, I wish I could have been one of those guys, right? Like, I wish I could have been somebody that made the decision to say, you know what, this isn't best for me or, or, you know, bowed out. They all walked away with mm -hmm. their lives. It wasn't like any of them were killed. Oh, so man. do you have anything else you want to add on this topic before we wrap this episode up? Uh, no, I think, I think we pretty much kind of summed it up, man. I think we, we hit a lot of angles on it. So I feel like there's some pretty good, some pretty good, uh, information and stories and ways you can kind of look at how family and friends and intertwine, intertwinement of different gangs and, and, uh, and kind of how it works, I guess, from the inside. Sounds good, good, Berto. And with that, I think we'll wrap this episode up. Thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of Normalized Crime. Uh, if you do have any questions or comments, you can direct them to normalizedcrime at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week for another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>